Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. Speaking of traveling the world, guess where we are? We're in beautiful Manila, Philippines. All excited, all set for my book, big book launch. Well, technically not all set yet. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, I'm going to actually get the printing done, get some trade show banners done. Speaking at a big event for over 800 people on Saturday, speaking at a, a local church on Sunday, doing the sermon. So got some exciting events on the weekend in anticipation for my brand new kids book. If you haven't got a copy, it's available at daddyblogger.com and also on Amazon. Uh, it's called Exploring the Continents, a family's journey to visit every country in the world. Uh, so while we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow entrepreneurs, fellow authors, fellow Canadians, and I actually have a friend of mine who I know personally from Vancouver, BC, Canada. Uh, we have gone to different uh, business networking events together, and we keep in touch with the power of social media, and uh, she recently released her uh, awesome book as well. It's called Her Life Counts. I had a chance to look at it before the interview. Definitely a very inspiring story, which she's going to be sharing about on our podcast here today. Uh, so Vera, welcome to the show. How are you doing there? Beautiful Vancouver, BC, Canada today. I'm doing wonderful. This The weather's been great, except for today. <laughs> we have rain, of course, and uh, no, everything's going great. I'm excited, and thank you for having me, and I'm excited to be here today. I can definitely relate to those rainy Vancouver days. Uh, I thought I would be in paradise here in the Philippines, because when you think of the Philippines, you think of blue skies, palm trees, beautiful beaches, uh, sunny uh, weather. But unfortunately, uh, Philippines actually gets a bit of rain too. They have a sunny season and a rainy season. They don't have spring or falls. They just toss those aside. So it's actually raining right now. <laughs> and I keep telling my wife, I'm like, Man, we left Vancouver to to, uh, to chase the sun, so to speak, S-O-N, S-U-N, right? Uh, but when we, we, we're chasing the sun and we get all this rain and uh, yeah. you know, I'm not a big fan of the rain. So I definitely feel for you and, uh, you know, I, I, I can definitely relate your pain here in the Philippines too. <laughs> so why don't we know you, Vera? Like, uh, why did we start with, by getting a little bit of background? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Totally, yeah. Um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a child, really. Um, I went to my first job, I guess. My dad's, I said to my dad, I want a paper route. He said, well, let's get four. <laughs> so we got four paper routes, and my sister and I were up at four in the morning and delivering papers before school every day. And that was my first real uh, taste of being an entrepreneur. And I sold shoe polish as a child. I was on the roof with my dad. And uh, he had a, my parents always had business. They always encouraged us to do um, business on the side, have cash on the side. So <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun upbringing and um, definitely entrepreneurs run in my family. Actually, there's a long history, a family legacy of entrepreneurs in my family as well. So by the time I was 21, I had my first store and off I went. Off you went indeed. So we're going to unpack the 21 uh, year onward in terms of starting your entrepreneurship journey, in terms of you, you did your stuff in your teenage years, but then you started the store, brick and mortar, then you went digital online. Uh, so tell us about uh, that kind of shift from 21 year onwards when you started, uh, I think you had like five or six retail stores, right? So tell us about yes. what business and tell us about the expansion of your retail brick and mortar business. 
Yeah. So the so I basically I started with my ex husband. We did two years of the flea market every weekend before we started our first store. And I was 21 years old when uh, I negotiated the first lease. And we grew to five locations by the time I was 24. So I left the current job that I had because I had I was district manager of all the Kmart portrait studios at that. We had 24 studios under me the age of 19. And um, by the time I was 24, I left that to run all five locations. And then what happened was, is I discovered scrapbooking. <laughs> and I love scrapbooking. And I found Alice Seba and uh, she was having an online business. And I was literally, you know, like I had five stores. This was not the dream that I signed up for. And I'm like online business information products. What is this? And this was back in 2004. So in 2004, I actually launched my first website and my uh, scrapbook podcast, and it ended up getting uh, sponsored by Kodak. And anyhow, so all five stores got sold, and I went online full-time 2007, and I never looked back. So you've been in this entrepreneurial internet marketing game for a long time, you know, a lot of people. Yes. Like for me, it's only been like five or six years. I just, I feel like I've been an entrepreneur, uh, internet marketer my whole life. But it was just in like December of 2012 where I just uh, went full on in terms of internet marketing. So six years for me, whereas like 11 years mm -hmm. for you in terms of a uh, full time internet marketer. So tell us about this. Yes. Years. Um, you've obviously done a lot, uh, made a lot of successes, had a lot of failures. So walk us through both the highs and the lows of your 11 years of being an internet marketer. I actually think it's 14 years because 2004, we're in 2018. Oh, right? I thought it was 2007. Sorry, my math's off. <laughs> oh, yeah, 2007, full time. That's when my last store sold May 2007. Yes. So, yeah, I went full time there and I was so proud of myself and it was such a celebration. I went out for dinner and it was just exciting. And I was selling information products and doing affiliate marketing. And then as time went on, um, I started buying and selling websites. And one of the websites I bought actually was from Yarrow, Staric. And um, so it was small business branding. And then I was making obscene amounts of money with um, advertising and uh, affiliate marketing there. And then what happened was, is my daughter got uh, cancer. And... Because of that experience, she had a stem cell transplant and she had the cancer came back. So she had cancer twice because of that experience. And I'm a Christian. Um, I felt like God was leading me to do something else. I, I felt like my life had to count for something. Um, witnessing your daughter fight for her life changes. It totally changed me on the inside. And um uh, I sold my entire online business off. I sold all my websites, sold everything off, and started all over. So we're definitely going to go more into uh, you know what happened with your daughter and in terms of your book, etc. But I want to go into uh, those kind of successes you had in internet marketing. What do you feel led you to success when it comes to internet marketing? Because a lot of people try and then they try and then they don't make any income and then they give up and they're like this internet marketing is a scam it doesn't work for me and uh they get discouraged yes. what do you feel you were you were doing differently or what strategies did you employ to become a successful financially you know successful financially yeah so so what the difference was and it was a very clear difference for me i didn't take it seriously in the beginning when i had my stores 
I was like, you know, of course a store is going to work because you have customers coming in, you're in a mall, that sort of thing. And when I put together one of my stores, it was actually in the mall. It was a brand new area of the mall and there was um, just brick walls. And I had to put in the HVAC system. We had to like, there's all sorts of things that needed to be done. The flooring, the ceiling, everything, plumbing, everything needed to be done. And when when we needed a sign for that store and it had to be a neon sign because it was a new area of the mall and everything had to be approved, that sign came to $4,000. And we didn't even bat an eye because we knew it would be successful and this was our store and this was our business. But when I started online in the scrapbook world, it took me a few years to get really successful with it because I didn't take it seriously in the beginning. And the biggest change that I, had was when I hired a full-time virtual assistant. The minute I hired a full-time virtual assistant is when I started, the income just kept rising and rising. And I'm like, wow, I actually like, this is like a legit real business. I, I better get serious about this. Like this is really working, you know? And I remember um, talking to Alice about it saying, wow, I just was not like, I took my my retail stores seriously, but I didn't take my online business seriously. So the minute I tr treated it like a real business, which sounds so funny now to me, <laughs> is when things took off. Yeah. And then uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about the selling stage because uh, obviously your, your priority shifted at all, but I want to get into more about the how do you evaluate your businesses uh, in terms of online business? A lot different than the brick and mortar, I assume, but you've done it both. You've done the physical selling of a business and yes. you've sold uh, virtual businesses. And a lot of entrepreneurs, they haven't got to that stage yet. I haven't ever sold a business yet, but I definitely want to get there. So what are your insights in terms of selling both physical and um, selling the entire business physically and digitally? Physically and digitally. Wow, you're really taking me back many years here. Um, yeah, when I sold, I mean, the biggest thing for me when I sold my retail stores, we sold three and closed two. And the biggest thing for me was I wanted, I wanted whoever was taking over to really enjoy that business and um, to have a love for it the way um, I felt that we did in the beginning, you know, and um, so that was the biggest thing for me. And then secondly, of course, you want a good price. So here's the thing. And I used to have collectible stores. And what I tell people is you're only going to sell it for what people are willing to pay for it. But you have to set your price and you have to be willing to walk away. So if I didn't get my price that I wanted, I had to be willing to walk away from that deal. Right. So um yeah that's the, that's the biggest insight about the retail store was that this is my price i'm willing to wiggle a little bit here but this is you know this is what i want for it and either you're going to buy it at that or, or not and that's kind of how it went i was pretty hardcore <laughs> with that kind of stuff and then uh, when it, same thing with the with the um the websites like i sold my first website i think sold for a thousand dollars and then my second one sold for like $4,000 and they're both in the scrapbook industry. And, you know, basically if there's income around a website property, you're going to get, I think like, you know, like whatever the monthly income is, you can basic at like, I think it was like, like I'm, I'm trying to remember like, 
like it, it, 20 times the income, whatever the income was, right? Because you're going to be, you, you have to um, evaluate what that income is around it and be, be happy with the price that you're getting, right? Absolutely. So great uh, tips there. And I'm glad you're uh, very real about those hard numbers too, in terms of the actual uh, selling price for the websites. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure if you're selling them uh, today, 2018, uh, they would be even higher, right? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, websites go for thousands upon thousands of dollars. People don't even realize. And, and it's because you get so much traffic coming into your website that when you put anything out for sale, it just sells. Right. So it's like a it's 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 like a wonderful machine that's already going. And if you if you learn how to do your promotions properly and, you know, there's certain things that you do that you don't have like tons of links everywhere. You have just, you know, you have very focused links and a focused message and, a, you know, focused on one product type thing. Then, yeah, you're going to sell lots. And uh, and then that. People, those people come onto your email list and then you can you can sell things more to them, right? Which is key. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And you touched on the, the fact that the reason you sold all of these online entities is because of what your daughter was going through. Uh, and I know yes. it's a hard topic, but you've uh, processed it and you obviously written a book about it. Uh, but if you don't mind giving our viewers and listeners a summary of what happened in terms of her being diagnosed and uh, tell us a little bit about the journey in terms of the struggles. Yeah, so you know how I said uh, my last store sold May 2007. Well, that's when I went full time online. And by December 2007 is when my daughter got diagnosed with cancer. So it was really a blessing to be able to grab the laptop and go into the hospital room and, and be able to work in the in the hospital room and talked with advertisers and different things that I was doing I I also had a, um, a company where people I had clients that would hire us to write as well write articles and reports and things like that so I was dealing with those clients all in the hospital room which was really good but she had cancer and she had it twice uh, which is not easy she had Hodgkin's lymphoma and um, so, you know, the first time around, we're like, yes, we can do this. We got God on our side and all things are good, right? She's going to get through it and fine. And then she relapsed. And I remember the doctor saying to me, like, Vera, we're coming at this all guns blazing. And that meant she was going to need, you know, more chemotherapy, but also a bombardment of chemotherapy over a one week period to wipe out her bone marrow. And then we went into the isolation room for four or five months and uh, it became very clear to me. It was a, um, a time that I could ch really choose fear or faith. And of course I chose faith, but it was not easy. And, um, uh, and then she had her stem cell transplant and then she also had 28 sessions of uh, radiation. And um, it changed my life because I looked at her and when I saw her on the bed, she was so, just so skinny and drugged and no hair and no eyebrows. And she's laying on the bed and I see my daughter and I, like, this is my precious baby, right? I saw her as my baby. And I felt like God said to me, Vera, there's work to do. There's so much more I require of you. Like, I didn't know. In the end, people say you can't take your things with you. But what I realized is that in the end, she couldn't even take me. <laughs> 
as much as I would want to take her place. You know what I mean? So we all have a mission on this earth while we're here. And that's where my book came from, just finding out who I was and and how I was going to make a difference in this life. And my life had to become more than just uh, making money, selling websites and affiliate marketing. Like it became so much more precious. And that is what life's all about. It isn't about the dollars in a bank account, but those, uh, those, those memories impacting people, making a difference, living intentionally, purposefully, you know, living for our families and the next generation. So uh, yes. you have, sometimes you have to have these dramatic life or health uh, predicaments. Uh, sometimes it's a car accident or sometimes it is a health issue yeah. or something, just this realization, like, what am I doing, right? So I'm glad, uh, you know, in, in a way, it's a blessing in disguise what's happened because now you are able to help other moms and other uh, parents and other um, entrepreneurs not live the way you are living. Yes, yeah, we, we need to focus on that. This world and this life is so much bigger than this moment and it's so much bigger than just making money and having a business. It's, it's like, how am I going to impact the people that are around me? How am I going to help? But also, how am I going to make like what what what's in my heart that needs to come out to the world and what's in my heart that I can share and give and help other people with. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's hear about this process uh, to take your life experience and then put it into book form. Uh, tell us about the book, Her Life Counts. Yeah, so it's uh, probably about 30% of my daughter's journey because I think it's really important because it was, I mean, we all have life changing experiences and that was a big one for me. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, I, there was two children that actually passed away while we were there on the ward and it was not easy. <laughs> I could cry like every day about it, but it's, I mean, it's, I had to find joy and, and be able to, I'm like, okay, so now that we've had this experience, she's cancer free today. She's, I have a granddaughter. She had a little baby girl. So my little granddaughter is four years old. Her name is Hazel. <laughs> and you know, how do I find joy out of, for myself? Because life goes on now. Her life has continued. She's continued on with her life. And she's, she's like, her motto in life is like, if, if you're not enjoying your life, mom, you're not doing it right. And I said, exactly, like it's so true, right? So 30% is probably about her journey and kind of what happened in uh, the process. But 70% is just really about finding out who I am as a believer and what I can do that will impact the lives of other people. So I am absolutely obsessed with making my life count. And that's why the book is called Her Life Counts. But it's also knowing that I am, I am special and I'm treasured and I have something to give. I have so much to give to other people. And I used to think to myself, oh, you know, it, you can't help other people because it's just so sad, you know, like you'll just cry, you will be a mess, you won't be able to help anybody. But that actually, I have strength inside of me, because of what we had gone through, but there was a strength there that I could bring to other other people. So yeah, I do a lot with Make-A-Wish BC and Yukon now raising money with Make-A-Wish and, and other things, um, community events and things that I'm part of as well. Brilliant. And as your book title says, Her Life Counts, 
But you as a listener, you as a viewer, your life counts as well. So I'd love to hear some practical tips uh, for people who aren't living on purpose, who want to live more intentionally, intentionally, more consciously, more directionally. Uh, tell us about how you feel um, people can live more purposefully. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. Well, the first thing I had to do was get my heart right. I had to get my heart right and realize that, I mean, there's people who can go through experiences in life and then be miserable. You know what I mean? And not find joy and not find hope for their future. And they can just be miserable because life has dealt them cancer or whatever that has happened. Right. But I, I took a process. I ended up going to church and spending a lot of time in Bible classes and different things. And I really felt like I had to get my heart in harmony and um, in joy and happiness and peace. Peace is huge, right? So I had to get my heart right. And then also uh, my pastor often talks about how no matter what you're going through, there's always gonna be someone going through something worse. So let's get our, let's get our um, life together and let's go and help those people who are doing worse than us because that actually brings joy to you because you know you've helped someone even though you're sad, you know what I mean? So, and then the, the other thing that I've done that's so key is, well, I sold my business and I, I kept my email list, but I find, I, I'm very intentional about, intentional about where I spend my life, who I spend my time with, you know, like people will, um, you know, you know, like you have those people in your life that bring you down or whatever, those were eliminated <laughs> from my life. And, and then I'm, I'm very intentional about having fun, having a good time, watching silly movies, going out and having fun with the kids and, and being spontaneous and, and like my daughter, she has a heart condition, yet she did the Whistler zip line. And I was like, well, just, you know, bring your phone to call 911 if you need to, you know? And she's sort of like, there was a sign that said, if you have a heart condition, you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> but, you know, you have to let things go and let people live their life the way they choose and uh, just have fun in life and, and bring joy in every aspect that I do. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing a phenomenal job. So for those people who are listening and watching who want to grab a copy of the book and uh, find out more about your incredible story, and maybe get some, uh, you know, business mentoring because you obviously have a wealth of that as well. Um, tell us about how people can connect on the website, social media, and also buy your book. Totally, yeah. So my website is verajm.com. So jm.com. And my book is herlifecounts.com. You made it easy for us. And I'll have those links below. Uh, so thank you, Vera. It was uh, great to connect with you again. And I look forward to catching thank up. You. And, well, uh, thank you. It's great to see you. Yes, great to see you. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Make sure you grab two books today. One is Vera's book. Make sure you grab my book, All About Family. <laughs> and make sure you make your life count as well. So thanks, everyone. Uh, we'll catch up with you on the next <laughs> So happy travels. Mm -hmm.